Hey friends, I'm Chloe Thomas, a brand and website designer for dedicated entrepreneurs, but also your host for the Brand and Brew podcast. This is the only branding podcast that will kickstart your day, your business, and your well-being. I'm here to make the hustle less of a hassle, so let's grab your coffee, plug in your headphones, and let's just roll with it. This branding podcast makes self-care and success an integral part of running a business. Your small business doesn't have to take it all, and all of my guests are here to show you how. As we go, you'll learn all the things branding, websites, wellness, and entrepreneurship. Consider Brandon Brew your daily cup of joe, but for your mind and your business. Hey friends, welcome back to the Brandon Brew podcast. This week on Brandon Brew, we're going to be talking with Kenzie Green from Kenzie Green Design, and we're going to be talking about what it's really like to be a designer. So in this episode, we're going to be walking through some questions and really just free-flowing and chatting about the answers, and then we will move forward and just chat it out. So here it goes. Before we start recording, I just wanted to give a little bit of background on Kenzie herself. So she's actually also a brand and website designer. We live relatively close to each other and we connected a few years ago on Instagram. And so she recently reached out to me to record this episode with her and you can find her on Instagram at Kenzie Green Design or KenzieGreenDesign.com. So here goes our episode. Do your grandparents understand what you do for a living? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, my parent or my grandparents, they literally have no idea what I do. They always ask me like, oh, how's work going? And I'm like, good. And they're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, web design. And they're just like, okay. Um, they don't really know what the internet is or what the website is. So they what have about nothing. Branding. Oh, is that no. even like? <laughs> they don't understand what that is at all. I'm just like, it's just like how Target has their logo and that stuff. And they're like, oh, okay. They don't really ask questions either. That's the same for me. Like, well, I think mine kind of understand, like, web design because that's been around for so long. Mm -hmm. But if I go into branding, it's just, like, a logo. And I'm just, like, I just leave it at that. I'm, like, yes, logos. Because I don't even want to try and get into the detail because they wouldn't understand. Yeah. I feel like just grandparents just don't need to ask the question. (laughs) They should just keep it at that. Just accept it. We are designers and we're doing well. Yeah. All right. Second question is, what's the best part about being designer and also the worst? Oh my god, getting to take somebody's idea and then literally turn it into like a living, breathing thing that like works on the online space and sometimes physical space. Like, I think that's the best part of being a designer. Yeah. Is being able to see that end result and the worst, (laughs) the worst (laughs) Is probably having to deal with client feedback. Yes. Yes. Because, like, I, like, they can send me feedback and they can be like, I love it, but let's just change this, this, and this. And I'm like, yeah, pissed. It doesn't even matter (laughs) if it's, like, a big change or not. I'm just like, it's perfect exactly the way it is, but, like, that's part of the process. Yeah. I definitely agree on that. I think the best part for me is, like... Take, I have a lot of clients who they have like zero branding and so like getting them something that's like actually established and then just seeing them excited about it like I love that and then the worst for me is obviously like the revision process and dealing with people who are very like detail oriented or whatever I mean I know that I'm like super specific and picky so I would do the same thing. But, like, you do have clients who are like, I need this line, like, 0.5 inches to the left. And it's like... Or, or they're like, can you just do it like this so I can see it? And I'm like, 
it's not going to be good, but I'll yeah. do it for you. Yeah, most of the time whenever they ask for those revisions that they're like, hey, can you just show me this? It always ends up being like, I like the original better. <laughs> Literally every time. Or, or they're like, I think a lot of people don't understand that when you alter... Because I'll present something and everything works. The packaging, the freaking patterns, everything. And then they'll change an element of the original logo and they don't realize that that impacts the packaging design, the patterns. Everything. Because now the elements in that logo are placed differently so they don't (laughs) line up the same. Like... I recently was working on one project and we had to change like an element in the logo and then I had to go back and redesign like the labels for a lot of things because it didn't work the same anymore Mm -hmm. and like I don't think people think or can visualize those things if they're not a very you know creative visual person. Yeah so whenever you send off like your designs do you send off all those designs at once or do you just like present like a primary logo and then... I I did the one concept method for branding. Okay, yeah. So So that makes sense. It's a lot more work if somebody has. Oh, how do you do it? I mean, I send off like entire suites, but as far as like collateral, like business graphics or like social media stuff or like even mock ups, I wait until they choose something until I do that because I'm like, I don't want to waste my time. Yeah, sometimes it depends on the project. Like this last one that I just did that's really big with a lot of physical items and labels. The first round we went through, I gave her, like, a rough example of what it could look like on labels, but I didn't go into too much detail yeah. editing all of them because I was like, I want to make sure this is the right direction before I take the time. And I still ended up printing out everything and slapping on labels and then doing it a second <laughs> time, but that's okay. The end result's fabulous. Yeah. Okay, next question. What's the cheapest project you've ever done? Well, I guess the cheapest is free. I definitely have done stuff for free before, but like monetary wise, I did a logo suite, like primary, secondary, submark, and business cards for $25. That's worse than mine. I mean, I've done free, you know, for my mom, like it's my mom. Yeah. But, um, did that include printing the business cards? No, they printed the business okay. cards. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was like, you lost money on that one. <laughs> um, my first real client who wasn't like a family member, I charged $75 for a logo. Yeah. Which I know for a fact I worked way too many hours for $75 mm-hmm. because I wanted it to be perfect. Yeah. And they hated it, <laughs> which was like my biggest nightmare, but... Like, it was a, you know, learning moment. I feel like every designer, when they go into the industry, they have that point in time where, like, they're charging low, but it's also, like, them learning how How, to go about the process and, like, get better to charge more. Yeah, that's kind of how I was. Like, I was really underpricing myself, but I wanted to do it for the experience and also just, like, the client experience, figuring out how I want to talk to clients and how I want to, like, refine my process. Um, But I definitely would not charge Um, Okay, next question is, have you ever fired a client? I have not, but I'm hoping you have. I feel like you have by the reaction you're having. Um, Okay, so I have not, like, fired a client. I think we've kind of just, like, ended on horrible terms. Um, So we had a project together, and things obviously didn't go that well, and it was just, like... 
maybe I wasn't designing to their standards or like we just kind of didn't have that communication and or the client didn't have like everything defined. Like they didn't really know what they wanted their business to be, like what they wanted to like vision. And like if you don't have a client that doesn't know that stuff, it really makes it hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after that, we were kind of just like, I'm not going to work anymore together. Like, let's just part ways. <laughs> so it was like a mutual. Yeah, it was a mutual thing. So, I mean, I think it was for the best. Um, and I don't know what they're doing now, but <laughs> I hope it's better than what I did. <laughs> Speaking of that situation, I haven't had anyone like, like, I haven't fired anyone, but I worked with this like really crazy, like, I think she was mentally unstable and <laughs> she just disappeared and I never heard from her again. Like, I did like... She could be watching this. She paid, I guarantee she's not. She paid a deposit, and then I did, like, some of the project, and I I could tell that it wasn't going to go well, so I didn't put a lot of effort into it. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't even understand how to create a mood board. Like, she had to get help doing that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is a red flag. Uh, And then after I presented, like, two rounds, we went through, like, two rounds of refinement, she just disappeared don't know what happened never heard from her again so I was like okay that's the worst and like I just feel like if you pay like money why would you like ghost people you know like you literally just paid money like I've had people pay me 800 to thousand dollars and then they just never respond I've literally had I've had (laughs) twice this happened the first time she came back which I'm pretty sure I told you about that situation the second time a man paid me five hundred dollars to start on his website put the coming soon page up and then he never reached out again. That yeah. was, like, two years ago. <laughs> and I'm just like, do y'all just have, like, money to, like, dish out like that? Like, I think what? people get to, like, their projects or, like, they start working with us and we're, like, telling them what to do. Like, we're telling them, hey, like, you need to get your web copy ready. You need to do this homework. And then they're like, I didn't expect it to be this much work. And so they're like, I guess I'll just kind of dip out without telling them. <laughs> So I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the case with a lot of people. They just kind of didn't have the right expectations whenever they were going into the project. Yeah. Um, okay, next question, next question. I keep forgetting who's supposed to be reading. Five. Have you ever misspelled something on a client's brand identity? <laughs> um... I'm trying to think. I feel like I have. Um, I don't think so. Honestly, like, I guess, like, probably not in, like, the presentation stage when I send it off. But, like, whenever I finalize everything and, like, get all the graphics ready and, like, export the files, I'll be like, dang it, like, this one it was spelled wrong. So I haven't really necessarily given something to a client that's misspelled, but maybe in, like, the final stages, yeah. I have. <laughs> like, in the what finals. Did you miss in the finals. What did you misspell? Their business name. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Like, the worst thing possible. But it was weirdly spelled. Okay. And the, this client's cool, so I can say their business <laughs> name. The name was Cecilia's. Mm. And I kept getting tripped up on, like, where the E and the I's went. So I gave them, like, the final files. The main logo was spelled correctly. And <laughs> the brand marks were spelled incorrectly. And she messaged me, like, a day later. And she's like, um, can you just update these? They're misspelled. And I'm like... Oh, oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Yeah. But, like, they were cool about it, so... It's I before E, except after C. So, that's, like, the general rule if, it, if it's... Because, how do you spell Celia? C, you don't even know! It, is it, is I it kept spelling C-I-E-L-A? it... C-I-E-L-A? 
Or is it s- no, Cecilia. I kept spelling it like C E C I L A. That's just a but hard I, name. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Okay, <laughs> next. Um, what is your biggest nightmare client? Oh my god. So I've had a few, but I would probably say the one that brought me the most stress more than anybody. Yeah. Was the one that got my phone number and started texting me like we were best oh, yeah. friends all the time. Yeah, that's difficult. So this was like <laughs> when I was first still like learning my process and mm-hmm. I didn't use Zoom yet. So I would give people my phone number and we started working on the project. It was going well, but then she started texting me, which is kind of inappropriate in a professional manner, period. Yeah. But I build a lot of, like, you know, long-term relationships with my clients. Like, I'll casually, like, voice message them on Instagram. Yeah, like, same. I build that relationship. But then she started texting me, like, almost every day, talking like we were friends. And I just went with it because I was like, what am I supposed to freaking do? And, you know, like, when you're working on somebody with a project and they're texting you, even if it's just, like, as friends, it's so, like, it gives you so much anxiety. Yeah. Um... Has that ever, have you ever texted a client yes. before? Like, I, I like text clients, but I would say only like selective ones, kind of yeah. ones that I'm like more like on a friendly basis with. Like there's a lot of clients that I have that are more like professional and like this and this, or maybe if it's just like, I wouldn't text like an older person, like who's like a guy that's like 50. Yeah. Like I don't think I would text them, but like I have a lot of clients who are near my age and I really enjoy talking to them. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't recommend that for, like, business chats, like, revisions on a project or something oh, yeah. like that. It's just, like, it gets lost and all that stuff. Um, but I would definitely say my biggest nightmare client, um, I wouldn't say, like, it's a current client. It's, like, just an idea is one that, like, um, the designs are, like, not my style or something that I wouldn't like oh, to create. That's what I'm dealing with that right now. <laughs> Like, if you have somebody that comes and, like, they tell you this idea that they have and you're like, yikes. <laughs> like, I don't like that. It's kind of scary because it's like, do you design what they want or do you design, like, what you would do in their situation? <laughs> so, how did you handle it? Um, I do both. I will do what they want. Like, I'll mock up what they like and, like, do the designs that they sent me, but I'll also give them, like, supplemental designs because, like I said, I design, like, three different logo suites in the first phase. So, like, one logo suite might be their idea, but the second one I'll do, like, mine. Um, But I think that that's really scary is, like, getting somebody who you don't have their style or that you just don't mesh with, and I just think it's kind of difficult to navigate. I have that situation right now where... I presented what, in my professional opinion, would work best for them. Yeah. But they did not. They were like, let's change this, this, and this. Let's use more than three different fonts. <laughs> but I did it. Like, at the end of the day, like, sometimes you have to just, like, they're your clients. So yeah. you have to just suck it up and do it. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Oh. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve as a designer? <laughs> Oh my gosh, there's a lot. (laughs) I'd probably say one of the biggest is people thinking that Canva logos are legit logos (laughs) and like 
think that logo design should cost less than a trip to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, that is frustrating. The face of your business should, like... I, I did this, like, comparison one time. I was like, how much do you think your face is worth? Like, yeah. your human face <laughs> is probably priceless. And it's like, you're making a face for your business, so you should probably expect to spend a good portion of investment on that. Um, and then... People thinking that my job is easy and my life is easy because I run my own business. People have no idea how hard it actually is or the work that goes into it. What are yours? My biggest pet peeve is overly revising things where it's not even the design that I created. It's like completely different. I once had a client years ago. We revised her logo, kid you not, 40 times. And... It was just to the point where I was like, we need to get this done. Like, if you love it, I love it. Like, let's just get it done. But, I mean, now I'm starting to implement, like, limits on revisions. Do you limit your revisions? Yeah, I have a max of three. And do you start charging after that? Yeah. Okay. I just feel like I struggle with that. <laughs> like, well, what are what is yours right I now? I mean, now I do like after three revisions, like. But you don't actually do it sometimes. No. <laughs> it's like, can you just make this? Well, it's because change? like, uh, like I just want like to. You be, want them to be happy. Yes. And, like you don't. I totally get that. I, I tried. I did have a situation not too long ago where. One of my clients had asked me to do something else on the website, and it was basically having me mm-hmm. go back and, like, redesign this whole page with code for what they wanted. And I was like, that's something that needed to be discussed at the beginning of our project yeah. when I asked if there were any specific goals, and it wasn't, so this is going to be an additional extra charge. And then they got pissed, and they were like, <laughs> why? And, I, like, it's also very hard sometimes to explain how web design works because... Yeah. Like, if you've never done it, you have no idea how complex it gets. And then I was just like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll just do it. And I did it. I feel like like that happens a lot, like, with me, too. I'm just like, you know, just don't worry about it. And even on your story the other day, how you were saying, like, behind the scenes, we do so much more than just web design, like, on projects. Like, whether that be setting up email marketing platforms, connecting social media. Like, literally, you would think, like, just to connect... Instagram is just like, yeah, let's copy and paste the feed on there. No, it's logging into their account, getting their authentication sent to you, and then like trying to get all of that set up. Like it's a it's a complicated process, and I think that people overlook that a lot. Yeah, the the Instagram feed thing, like it seems like it'd be so easy, <laughs> and even like email marketing, like you have to have their login if they're on like freaking Mailchimp. It's like. <laughs> I sent the verification code to your client, have them respond within five minutes, and then they don't, and then they respond two hours later, and it's like, well, it's expired now, so when are you going to be around your desk so I can freaking get in? Yeah, just things like that is very overlooked in our industry that we're going above and beyond, and it's like... We don't talk about that stuff. We don't put that in our, like, contracts that we're going to be doing all these extra things. And sometimes it will be great, like, that people are like, oh, yeah, like, I love that you do that. Like, thanks so much. But I just think sometimes it's, like, seen as not as important. (laughs) Or people assume that, like, you're in charge of setting up the freaking pop-ups inside of the email market. Like, designing them. And I'm like... I do that all the time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, I tell them. I'm like... You, if you want to pop up here, you want to opt in, you need to create it so I can embed it. I'm not creating it for you. Yeah. So I create a lot of times. I'll like go in and just create because 
I don't want to wait for that like time yeah. because it's like here you create it and then maybe a week or two later they create it and then I'm like well I could have done it myself and I would have been done in an hour yeah. um I totally get that because <laughs> I like I like to do everything like right then yeah even if I have to like wait on them to give me content or feedback I'm just like hurry up hurry yes up. same okay do you give out your phone number to clients Select anymore. clients. Still select. Yes. Um, some of them, yes. Um, and, I mean, I have it only for, like, emergency contacts. So, like, um, I always give them, like, client welcome guides. And it tells in there, like, my primary form of communication, which is, like, click up, email. Um, and then I'll say, like, if it's an emergency, like, if your website literally crashes in the middle of the night, that's when you can call my phone. Um, and I've had that happen before, and they called my phone. So that's At like what the time? Um, it was like twelve in the morning. Like her oh website crashed, which she was like in California, so it was like nine, I guess. Yeah. Um. So like, it wasn't that late for her, but right. yeah, like I was on the phone with support for like two hours. Yeah, I only there's one client now that still has my phone number, and she has been with me for years, mm-hmm. and I don't even offer maintenance plans anymore. But she's on my maintenance plan, so yeah. like. And she's a, she doesn't abuse it. Like, most people, when I used to give out my phone number, they would abuse it. But now, I don't give my phone number out to anybody. I do everything over through Zoom. I make it very clear. If you work with me, you're communicating through Asana. You're not going through yeah. the DMs. You're not <laughs> whatever. Because then, like, everything gets lost. And then yes. it gives you a headache. And one yes. time, I used to do it just through email without a project management system when I first started. And I had this one client who would send me her ideas and before I could even respond, she would send me more ideas in a different freaking email thread. <laughs> so I had like three emails from this client, all with her different ideas, and I'm just like, my head's about to explode. Yeah, I think a lot of times people think that it's just like us having personal preference, but like you said, things get so lost. Like, I have 500 emails coming in like daily, different threads, and I'm like, this client told me something two months ago, so I'm going to try to search it in my email, but then they might have told me something on Instagram DMs, and it's just like... Or, like, they they change their passwords, and, like, oh, yeah. you... Or, like, you haven't worked together in a long time, they change the password, they tell it to you over email, and then you don't report it in your <laughs> in your project system, and then you try to go back and find it, and you can't find it. That happens to me a lot. Yeah. All right. Next question is, how many hours do you think you work in a week? I have a no idea like it depends on what's going on too because some days I will get up start work around like nine Mm -hmm. and then I will literally go to lunch at like 1 p.m and there has been days where I did not work anymore (laughs) after that like I worked out took a nap cleaned the house and I didn't go back to work and then there's days where like I'll have that same schedule, but then mm-hmm. after lunch, after I work out, I go back to work and we'll work until, like, 6 p.m. Yeah. Sometimes 8 p.m. It depends on what's going on. So, what like, would you guesstimate per week? Oh, my God. You go first. <laughs> I oh, know. I know that mine's, like, 70 or 80 hours a week. <laughs> I get up at 5.30, and then I kind of just, like, have my coffee, sit around, and then I always start work around, like, 7-ish, and... I'll work through lunch, like, I'll have, like, a 10-minute lunch, I'll work, and then I usually stop at, like, 4 to make supper, and then after supper, I'll start working again sometimes. I mean, I think I've gotten better just, like, since I've gotten full-time in my business, um, just, like, trying to do that less. I mean, I don't nearly work as much as I used to, 
Um, but yeah, I still say it's about like sixty or seventy. I feel like you have an old person <laughs> schedule. Oh yeah, like I, I feel do. like old people wake up so early and then like <laughs> dinner at four that. p.m. That's so funny. Yeah, we start cooking at like four and eat at like five, four thirty-five. Okay, my guess is. 50 It's so bad. I mean, I like... I look... Like, people always ask me, like, if it comes to the topic of hourly, I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know how to speak in hourly. Yeah. I do value-based pricing. Yeah. Like, I don't get paid hourly, so it's, like, so hard for me to relate. Yeah, I don't know how people... They're like, how many hours do you think this project could take? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I cannot estimate hours either. Like, I don't know. It's just hard. Yeah, and then, like... I remember when I was first starting, I would go, like, even now I see people who are asking for help. Like, how do I, how do I price my services? And they're like, think about how many hours you'll work. And I'm just like, I've never even recorded how many hours I work for basically any project I do. So I don't even know. It's just like, like, and maybe this is a really stupid way (laughs) to do this. But like, I just like feel, I'm like, okay, I feel like. It's going to take this long, and I feel like it should be this price based on what they told me. And, I mean, now I'm kind of better at that because now I can gauge, like, their revenue yeah. and, like, what the return on their investment's going to be. But, like, before I was just kind of guessing, and I was like, this seems like a suitable amount. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, with me, I work on several different projects at once. I wish I could just do one at a time. So, I feel like it's very hard for me to estimate how many hours are on each project because I'm, like, dealing with, like, 12 different projects at a time. That's so many. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I'm actually getting caught up, like, right now. Like, I have had a lot of projects kind of just linger, like, with clients not getting, like, their web copy and stuff to me. So, like, that's always, like, just overhead. But this month, I've been, like, closing those out. And then because I have a new creative, creative director now, she can kind of keep the wheel moving. So now I'll only be doing, like, two to three projects at once that's better yeah that's about how I am I'm like I toggle between like three and four at all times and then if I'm below that if I have one or two I'm like yeah (laughs) yeah that's how I am I mean I I need to take on less so definitely um what's the weirdest inquiry you've ever received I had a client they never responded back to me after they inquired which didn't make sense um they were a Chinese boxing company, and... What I, was the name? I don't remember. It was, like, in Chinese language. Oh. It was, like, Chinese language boxing company, um, and they inquired about, like, a brand and web, and, like, I responded back, and I never heard from them ever again, so I was like, okay. I've had, like, numerous inquiries that I'm, like... That they, 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 like, sketch me out, and I'm like, is this a scam Could or be a real? real. Yeah. Like... Because some, like, there are scams that happen. Yeah. And one of them, they were like, we're a motorsports company. But it's like, all the weird ones are when it's really vague, too. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let's have the call. You know, I sent them my freaking scheduler to see, like, you know, if this is a scam, they're probably not going to schedule yeah. a call. They scheduled a call. I got on the call. And then, of course. No show. No show. And I emailed them. And then, like, 15 minutes later, they're like, sorry, running late. I am here now. And I'm like, sorry, but the call is canceled. 
And they're like, can we reschedule? And I just didn't even respond. Yeah. I was like, no, not not worth the time. Yeah, that kind of goes into the next question on how many times have you been stood up during a discovery call? Luckily, I think I have never been stood up on a discovery call. Which is never. like, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a no-show. Yeah, I think I've had people be late, like 10 minutes late, but I've never had somebody not show up. <laughs> Wow, I need a sip of coffee for this one. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? How many have you had? Well, it doesn't happen too much anymore. It happened more so before I had put my prices out there because... That's what I was about to ask if you put your prices on your site because a lot of times people, like, it'll just be a waste of time whenever they figure out your pricing and then they're like, nah, I'm not going to talk to her. Yeah, we should talk about that too before we hop off this. Um... So, I, before I stuck my prices out there, I did have a few where, you know, I got on the call and Mm -hmm. then they didn't show. And it was either they never responded to me, they didn't even give me an excuse or reason why, or they did and they had a real excuse like, oh my god, I got in a car wreck, or oh my god, I put it on the wrong day on my calendar, which they couldn't make that up, but like, Mm -hmm. it's happened a few times now it doesn't really happen because my prices are out there. Um, do you put your prices on your website? 100%. I'm like so for that because I kind of want to weed out the people who like I'm not for and I don't want to like blindside people like during the call and you're like oh how much is this and I'm like I say a number and they're like and then they just never contact you because they were (laughs) so surprised. Um, so I think like having a base price on there like starting at XYZ is really helpful because they can know that it's not going to be anything under that, you know? Yeah. Um, I did a whole video about this because I also am, like, for prices being on your website, but once you're at a certain point in business. So, like, when I first started, I purposely didn't put them on there so that I could get people on the phone call and sell myself, Mm -hmm. like, you know, through the phone call. But now I'm at a point where I'm so booked out and I'm, you know, at a much higher skill set than I was before that – I have to put starting at because I don't have time to get on the phone with people who aren't going to be able to invest in my services. Like, that, yeah. that would be a waste of time, waste of their time. And it weeds out people who are, like, the, the, I don't even know what to call them, <laughs> the, the, the jokers. Yeah. The, like, not, they're not serious. Yeah. Um, that the, also just, like, helps you weed out people who, um, like, say, people who know you, like, personally, and they, like, want you to, like, do work for them, and they're, like, oh, yeah, they're probably only $100, and you're, like, no, like, (laughs) just look at my website, like, but it also annoys me when I have prices on my website, and then people ask me what my prices are, because I'm, like, oh, my gosh, let's (laughs) just talk about that for a second. I cannot stand when people go on Facebook groups, and they're, like, send me your rate and your (laughs) services, and I'm, like, why do you think all of these business owners spent hours? <laughs> okay, what was I saying? Oh, when people post on Facebook and they ask for some designers to send them their pricing rate in DMs. And I'm like, what do you think all of us spent hours making a freaking website for? Yeah. So you can find the portfolio, so you can find the prices, so you can find the services and find who you're looking for. Not make us do extra work to reach out to you. Yeah. I also think, like, some people have those pricing guides on there, like, where you can, like, download their pricing guide. Like, those are really helpful, but 
I think people just like don't want to take the time to like go look for those because that's honestly how I kind of do like compet is it competitor analysis like I'll look around at other designers websites and see like what they're charging and then that kind of helps me create like my prices so that I can be like a competitor to all of them yeah that's how I did things too because like there's no real like good resource when you're starting and it's like I literally stalked like everyone that I wanted to be like I stalked their freaking social media the website their portfolios their pricing how they did things because I was like I need to learn from those people and then like I could gauge what I need to be doing to get to that level yeah um is it my turn yeah okay Last question. Hopefully this will record the whole question. Has a client ever got mad at you? And if so, how did you handle the situation? Hmm. <laughs> um, I would say, I don't know if they got like mad, but it kind of went with the other one, just like a bad client or like we just weren't like a good team. And so, so y'all just like mutually split. Yeah, we, we, yeah we mutually just kind of ended the, um, the, project together but a lot of times like I've had this happen to me where they kind of just leave and don't pay you for your time I think that that's just like one of the most like disrespectful things that you can do like not pay somebody like who cares if you didn't complete the project but I'm sure the designer like had time to research your project like they probably started onboarding you any amount of time like I think that is worth still paying because you're like a working person you're like caring and looking for their business um so I think that if you, like, just don't like somebody or don't like a designer, never not pay them if, like, y'all just kind of end things halfway through. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I actually picked this question because I have had someone get very mad at me. And it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was not expecting it. I got, like, butterflies in my stomach because <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I think I remember this. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into too much detail, yeah. obviously. But... I, you know, reminded them that, like, they're my first priority, that, you know, if I offended them, like, I made a mistake, like, I apologized, and then, you know, they got over it, we worked it out, and they ended up giving me a five-star review with, like, this really long freaking review at the end. So, like, (laughs) I think if a client ever gets mad at you, it's always important to, like, remind them that they're, you know, you're here for them, like, they're the number one focus, but there's also times where, like, you have to be, okay, was I in the wrong or are they just overreacting? Because I think a lot of designers get taken advantage of when it comes to stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, for me, I always feel so bad, like, if a client is, like, not satisfied or something. And so, like, I'll, like, kind of be like, okay, look, what can we do to, like, make this better? Let's get on the call. Let's discuss things. Let's kind of regroup. So like I said, with that client who I had like four year revisions with, we literally got on calls like once a week just to make sure that we were both on the same page. Um, but yeah, a lot of designers do get taken advantage of in that situation. And that's what sucks. Um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up while we're like chatting at the end here, since you brought up people not paying you, have you ever had clients say that they want to move forward and then you spend a lot of time getting the contract to them and like all of those details and then they just... Yes. How many times has that happened? Probably four or five times. Um, I literally onboarded them into like my Dubsado. I wrote the proposal, wrote the contract, set up the invoice, set up like reminders for their invoicing, like their payment plan or whatever. 
Um, some have even signed the contract. Some have signed the contract and then just like ghost me and never heard from them ever again. That has happened to me quite a few times. And that actually is probably the number one thing that pisses me off about being a designer because it takes me like it can take me a good hour to set up the whole project in my management system with all of their details or mo- I have to modify the contract dependent upon what's going yeah. on with for their project and it's like if you don't want like I give them a chance on the phone call I say is this something you feel you're ready to move forward with if not I can send you a proposal and they literally sit there and say <laughs> yes and then ghost after i've spent you know an hour or so freaking writing up everything it's very disrespectful yeah i think that comes with like being the ceo of like a company like how we are we're literally the ceo we're hr we're everything accounting this and this and it's just like stressful because we do have to deal with like these scenarios when people like ghost companies or this and this like i'm sure that happens all the time like in corporate world but it's just, like, more hard. Like, we're small businesses, and, like, we kind of take those things to heart, and it's, like, kind of a shot to the gut or shot to the heart. All right, that wraps up today's episode of The Brandon Brew. Um, if you like this conversation, subscribe, give us five stars on Brandon Brew, and Kenzie's going to tell you how she can find her. You can find me at KenzieGreenDesign.com, at KenzieGreenDesign on Instagram, TikTok, and that is K-E-N-Z-I-G-R-E-E-N, design. There's no ease. (laughs) (laughs) All right, have a great week. Talk to you all next one.